for those that know me, I have a pretty um, <laughs> structured routine, uh, and and sometimes it gets thrown a little bit out the window, as it has today. Um, so, so what we're going to do is we, we we had a time away with some of our with our leaders, and and it was just an incredible, an amazing time. I need to know when we're going online. I actually, are we online? Welcome to those people watching online. This morning is going to be very different. I know normally I would bring a a word and um, and but this morning we're going to be hearing feedback, testimony of something that God's been doing with some of our leaders and what God is saying to the church through them. So. Um, Isaac, won't you come and kick us off? And won't you give Isaac a round of applause? I just wanted to quickly share, share that today is going to be different because um, it's, it, it's... Sorry, my bad. Hello, online people. Um, I want you to, to... Today's going to be different. And I want you to... to, to church is not just a... This is how we come to church. A Sunday morning is a we, we worship and then there's preach and then there's this and then we go home. Church life of God is dynamic, and so this, this weekend has been an incredible, significant weekend in the life of the church. And may, may you open your eyes. May you see that we're going to. It's, it's a moment of celebrating what God has said. We're taking a moment to look. This is what God has said. This is what God has done. Let's, let's celebrate. The Revelation talks about we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. There's been so many prophecies going out about how there's going to be a, there's a shift coming. There's a shift. And so maybe take this moment to just look up and say, yes, this is what God has done. There's a, there's a change. There's, a, there's excitement. Get, let's get, let's get excited for what God is doing, what God has said, what, um, for what's coming. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be different, but embrace it. It's good. Mike Pauly. Angie, won't you guys come up? So you're going to have to stand up here and, uh, because we are filming. <laughs> it's good side. So one thing is, I, was, I didn't really have a good sleep last night because praying about really what I wanted to share with you this morning. And the weekend away was really impactful for a lot of us. I think there's a lot of things we can take out of it, but I wanted to leave you with something and not just share about our weekend. I wanted to share what God's imparted on me to share with you guys. There was two illustrations, or should I say two things I want to mention. One is, you, if you look in the sky and you see a whole lot of geese, and when they're flying and they're moving from one place to another, they're in this kind of a V-shape. And as you know, in the V-shape, the strongest ones are at the front and sort of the weakest. As it goes around the back, the weaker ones are at the back. And... God was leading me to say, in our church, they are the stronger ones and those are the weaker ones. But the weaker ones is not because they're weak and fragile. They're weak in that they're needing to learn more about God's word and needing to grow in God's word. And it's those ones in the front who need to come alongside those ones which are weaker and really grow them and really understand and really build them up in God. And I think that's one thing that we need to do as a church is that we need to help each other through this. Unity is one thing we need to have in the church. And this is where we need to, as a church, walk alongside people who are really struggling. And especially in this time where things are hard, things are tough, but we as a church need to persevere and move forward and help each other. And I had a scripture to relate to that, which is Galatians 6, 1 verse 2. Brothers, 
If anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who are spiritually should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself. Let you be tempted. Bear one and another's burdens and so fulfill the laws of Christ. There was another illustration I wanted to share with you guys. Um, so he said I could have about 20 minutes now. I'm just joking. So there was another illustration I shared on the, on the camp, but I shared it with an individual couple. But I actually thought that this illustration or this is what God gave me for them was pertinent to what was um, here in the church. So as an eagle sits on the ground and what takes off and raises to the heights and the clouds, it doesn't use its own strength to get there. It gets on the currents. The currents take it higher. It doesn't in its own strength flap its wings. If you've ever seen an eagle, it hardly does this. It glides. <laughs> I thought you enjoyed that. It doesn't do that. It actually glides. And as the current picks it up, the heated current, it slowly circulates and it circulates and it actually increases in height. And as if you didn't know that the eagle, to see its prey, its best eyesight is higher up and not lower down to see what's going on. And I'd say to you in, in, in church, there's a the verse, I've, I've related to this to you, when my phone works. Cool. So the verse I'm going to get to now, but what I want to relate it to is that you can't do everything in your own strength. You need God to lift you up to those new heights. And I think a lot of us struggle that we want to do things in our own strength, and we can't. And I think we need to learn that God is our rock. And God needs to take us to those new heights. And I firmly believe that. And you need to come alongside God. If you're going through a difficult time now, if finances are pressing you in, if there's issues around the family side of it, or if there's things that are really pressing you in, I'd encourage you to press into God. He's the one that will raise you to those new heights. Not you. He will raise you to those new heights. And in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, it says, Come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean from me, for I am gentle, humble, and heart. And you will find your rest, your souls. And my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's Matthew 11, 30, verse 6. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting to you. I know you're looking a bit nervous there, but it's fine. There is one more thing I wanted to leave with you guys, uh, and that is a poem I read to the, 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 the men in the group. But it's something I wanted to leave with you guys. The poem was actually written by a lady named Linda Ellis in the, in the 90s. But I want to leave you with this poem, and hopefully this resonates with some of you um, in, in, in the hall tonight. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that the first came the date of his birth and spoke of the following dates with tears. But he said what matters most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represented all the time that he spent alive on earth and now only those who loved her know what little line, that little line is worth. For it doesn't matter how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we loved and lived and how we spent our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change?
change. For you never know how much lifetime is left that can still be rearranged. If we could not just slow down enough to consider what is true and real and always try to understand the other, the way the other people feel and be less quick to anger and show more appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile. Now I lost my place. Hang on. Um, remember that the special dash might only last a while. So when your eulogy is being read with your last actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? Morning, church. Um, for me, it was more a reminder for myself and for the church that it's all about Jesus, actually. God gave Jesus to us for our sins. And um, this weekend, it was just a reminder. We're here for a purpose. You're here in this church for a purpose today, and it's all because of Jesus. Our note at the top is Jesus to know him and make him known. Well, that's why we're here. Um, and, of course, we need to press into the word. We need to pray. We need to, um, send the go we need to actually send the gospel out into the world. And one of the things that Stan, Stan Phipps had said was, gospel is a caged lion that wants to be let out. That really stood for me because that's actually why we are here. That's our purpose. Um, and the other thing I wrote here was the greatest thing for us as Christians is to take God's name to the nations and make disciples. So if you're thinking, well, why, why am I actually here? Um, well, you're here to do just that. Um, the, other, the verse that stood out this weekend was the Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. And I'm going to read it from the message. It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And just as a matter of interest, the amplified, amplified version, um, hang on, I've lost it. It said Jesus, the heading was Jesus the example. And that's what it's about. So I encourage you, today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, Please get to know Jesus. Give your life because you don't want to be left behind. You really don't. We're in this together and there's a purpose why we're doing this. Thank you. Uh, just, Justin's going to come join us. Justin and Kirsty.
um, how daunting to follow after that. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to share is actually a very personal, my experience um, of the weekend. And um, my heart is that there are a lot of you here who are going through a similar thing or need the same revelation that I had. And um, I'm going to start by reading this verse that is so incredibly close to my heart. It's 1 John 3 verse 1. And I'm reading it from the NIV version because the other versions don't have exclamation marks. And it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, exclamation mark. And that is what we are, exclamation mark. And it's just this, it's him saying it with so much joy, you know, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. And the picture that comes to mind when I read that is this little girl, okay, for me, because I'm picturing it, this little girl just jumping into her father's arms and wrapping her arms around his neck and doing this with his face. So I'm going to do it to Justin. Sorry for my cold hands. I'm sure you've seen that um, with fathers and their little girls. And then they sort of just lie their head on his shoulder. And um, the other picture that also came to mind while I was worshipping this morning is that when fathers take their daughters and put their daughters on their feet and dance with them, you know. And um, so for me, over this leadership weekend minus today, Um, wonderful lady came to me and said that she saw me in God's hand and later on she came to me again and said that while um, people were praying for me she had this song playing in her head dance with me Lord and I've since found the song and what she didn't know, and absolutely nobody knows because it's my secret place, but I'm going to share it with you today because I think a lot of people can make it their secret place. Um, ever since I was little, I would go to the ballroom that is in the Beauty and the Beast movie. That glorious, yellow, beautiful chandeliers ballroom. And I would dance with God. But my picture of myself dancing with God was of myself as a grown woman dancing with him and having that father-daughter relationship and what changed for me was realizing that I'd never viewed myself as a daughter of God because growing up I wasn't I never felt like a daughter and it's just been this massive shift and I want that for all of you in the church anyone who who had a a different relationship with their parents, with their fathers, that we are his children, we're his daughter, we're his son, and see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So now I'm going to hand over to my better, more handsome half. Uh, yeah, 
out, so I'm going to have to read now because that, I don't know how to top that and if I wing it. Yeah. Um, sure, thanks. <laughs> I, I feel, look, so I've, I've just been, I've, I've been heavy burdened with, with the message that I, I feel there's, there's a person or there's some people, or if not most of us, in here where our minds, even in this present moment, is thinking about what we're doing on Tuesday, what things we need to set up on Wednesday. And I, want to, I just want to interrupt that thought, and I just want to ask, just, just focus for two minutes. I know the busyness is real. Um, yeah, this testimony is a little bit different. Usually testimonies involve, I had a problem, and by God's grace it was solved. This is a little different. Um, this is about hearing his voice and feeling his presence after so long that you begin to question if you'll ever have another moment where he reminds you of his presence and his promises. The saying goes, when things go well, it distracts us from God. And the moment things take a turn, we cry, Lord, Lord, where are you? I'm the opposite. When things go well, I, must, uh, I absolutely am filled with gratitude. I feel his presence the most. It's actually when things go for the worst or they take a bit of a turn. And that's where I kick it into gear and I say, okay, Lord, I understand you need a break. I'm going to take the reins. I've got this. Thanks for all the blessing. That was more than enough. I understand why I've got to do this now. Um, but when we take the reins, sometimes we don't have the time to turn to God. Sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness that the excuse becomes, I'm too busy handling the season. So, to the overthinkers sitting here, I'm one of you. <laughs> um, maybe you have been taking the reins and you usually have an idea of what needs to be done. And you need God to put certain things in place. Sort of like you do the 90 and God just has to do the 10 and he'll see it through. Maybe you're at a place where you can't see a way out. You've done every calculation in the book. You've said to yourself that this season is different to the rest. It's harder. You just can't see a way out. Maybe you've been staring at that reality for so long that you feel God usually came through by now. And so he's just not present. Then comes the self-doubt. It's because I'm not making the effort to connect with him. And only when I catch up all the time lost and then some, only then will he come through. That's where spiritual burnout, I believe, comes in. And after all, how can we expect God to reveal himself to us during the season of burnout? So, we'll just carry on. We'll persevere. You haven't given up on God, but you've given up on expectation. I want to encourage you that God sees you in your season. He hasn't forgotten you. He is very intentional about you but also the season that you're going through. Your struggle now and the breakthrough to come will be the tools that he needs to unlock others. 
I went to this weekend for the pure reason of fellowship. Zero expectation from God. God revealed himself to me so tangibly that I couldn't reason my, I couldn't reason it away. I couldn't say, oh, well, it makes a bit of logic. I can understand. We go away. We feel good. We're in the mountains, blah, blah, blah. No, he just, he knew exactly how my mind would work. And he revealed himself to me. He is still 100% in control of the future. Nothing has changed. T's and C's remain the same. God has given me a new reference point that although the challenges are still very real, he is in complete control. The future is his. With that, take a breath. Stop for a moment. Simply look at your next step. Forget about the hundredth step. It's his. Thank you, guys. Morning, everybody. Um, we we are the Duvers. <laughs> okay, my name is Fidelis, and uh, this is my lovely wife Agnes. Um, it's good to be here. Um, it's actually nice to be here. <laughs> um, um, we we just have a short message that we will share with you. We are also there at the, at the leaders' meeting. And uh, we had a great time there as a family, and um, it was an eye-opening uh, session. We, a lot was said. Uh, we'll try and summarize. I think they have covered almost most of the information that we got there. But personally, there's something that, um, there's a word that I got this weekend for me, and hopefully if I share with other people, it will, it will make sense. Agnes is going to, to also close, right? <laughs> um, so the word that I got, it was more of being stewards, right? We, we've got a responsibility as people. We, when we were born, we, we didn't know what gifts God would give us. We, we, God had given us gifts already. He knew already what we're going to have. But none of us chose what we're going to have. There are people who are good in maths. There are people who are good in, in music, in art, um, sciences. Every one of us has got his own different talent. So when you look at that, it's not like when we were created or when I was born, when I came onto this earth, I said, God, I want to be a mathematician. No, right? So none of us had a choice to be born. I don't think I said, God, I want to be black. (laughs) I don't think Tim said, God, I want to be white. But God had a purpose. God created us in those different ways, in that different ways. Each and everyone here has got a gift. Some of us, we don't know what our gifts are. Um, other people are good at backing. Somebody will have to tell you that, you know what, you are good in, in this. 
So, so that's how God created each and every one of us. Now the flip side of the story is, as we are now here as adults or whatever we are, we tend to want to manage everything as if we knew when God created us what we were. We want to take life as it's my life. It's not our life. God created us for a purpose. So in a way, we want to take ownership (laughs) of the things that we have, but the truth is, it's not ours. (laughs) God gave it to us. So the way it came through for me, it just struck me that when we buy houses, you claim it, it's my house. It's not. When we've got jobs, we claim it's my job. It's not yours. God has gifted you. The only thing that we've been given is responsibility over it. So we now need to know, are we responsible to take care of the gifts that we've been given? So I just looked at my life, because most of the times we claim, (laughs) my boys, (laughs) my this, what? But they're not mine. They're God's. They're not mine. They're God's. So for me, that's one thing that just struck in my life. The money that we have, wherever we work, it's so difficult just for us to give 10%. It's not ours. It's not ours. So for me, all those things that just, that just came through this weekend, I, I've heard it being preached before somewhere. But for me, that was the most thing that I just got, that everything that I have in this life, it's, it's nothing. Mark was talking about the dash. That dash is the responsibility. What do you do with what God has given you? Because when that dash goes at the end, the response, those are the gifts that God gave us. That job that he gave you, did you manage to to preach his word? Did you manage to, to do what the Lord had given you as the purpose for that? So for me, that was the biggest highlight personally. When I went through the whole session, that's what I thought I said. I tend to claim ownership over things that are not mine. Everything belongs to God. And from that moment when I start to live like that, I believe the Lord would do the rest. We don't need to think about tomorrow. We don't need to think about anything. I think you mentioned we have to live like children. And right now when I was sitting there, Agnes said a a verse. Sorry, I'm taking too much of your time. And then Agnes said a, a, a verse there that she had, and I was like, okay, share it. But from now when I was speaking, that's when I realized that we need to live like children. Don't worry about anything. All that we know is God has given us a gift. And that dash in our life, what do we do? Are we responding? Because they say responsibility is to respond with ability. Respond to what the Lord has given you. And when you're responding to it, all the things just fall into place. Amen. Good morning, CTL. Um, well, I do want to share. 
I was like, I'm going to let the men lead. Um, but this morning, um, when I woke up, uh, <laughs> I just asked God, what would you want me to share this morning? So this is the verse that I got this morning. I know it's Father's Heroes. We see the love that they give us. So this is the verse that I got. It's from Matthew 18. I'll read up to verse 5. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So what I got, the picture that I got from this verse was us being children that our hearts should be opened up this morning and become like little children, innocent hearts that only know God's love. The picture I had was of us sitting in a huge park, surrounding Jesus was in the middle, and we were all looking up to him. So this morning, I want to remind us to open our hearts, soften our hearts, and let our hearts become like little children, Children who are just innocent, who are eager to know more about God. Let's stop questioning ourselves about all the little things that are happening around us and keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Tianlan, for those who don't know me. Um, last night, I just felt God touched my heart to share a testimony with you guys. A um, little while ago, God placed a calling upon my life, and I was obedient, and I started to follow it, and this Tuesday, I just like I had this overwhelming sense of doubt over myself. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I couldn't do it. I've made too many mistakes, and I continue making too many mistakes. And during this leadership meeting on Tuesday, I just felt God, he, he touched my heart, and he just said, listen to what I've got to say. And somebody came up, and they, they said, and we, just, we have to just bring our five loaves and our two fishes, and God will multiply this. And what I learned through this is that I am not important, I'm not a center of things, and I'm not in control. But it's not about me. It's about God. And the common mistake I made through these doubts is I said, I am not important enough. I cannot do this. I make too many mistakes. And it's not about I. It's about God. If we just give God the control, and because God is in control. He is the center. And he knows all things. And life and death is in his hands. He made all of us for a purpose. And if he gives us something to do, if he touches our heart to do something, then he will provide. He will give us 
the things we need to do it because he's always in control. Thank you guys. Morning City Hill and first of all I just want to say thank you. Thank you for welcoming us here every six months of the year and the good news is that from next year we will be here permanently. <laughs> and also we feel honored. We feel honored to, to be invited to this uh, leadership camp. Um, and yes, I, um, I think everybody else have already covered what, what was um, very special for all of them in the camp. But there was also a ladies' session. And there was a men's session, but the ladies' session. It was very, very special for us. Um, uh, Heather from, from Glenridge shared with us. And um, what I want to say is that it was significant for, I think, all the ladies to realize that we have to embrace the different seasons that we are in. Not to compare, um, I don't look as good as that one, or I don't wear whatever, but we've got to embrace the season that God has given to us. And also, we need to help each other. We have to, as, as the Bible says, we have to all cross the Jordan, but not alone. We are going to cross the Jordan together. We're going to wait for each other. We have to uh, patiently help the ones that cannot cross the Jordan. And then um, we are all a cloud of witnesses cheering each other on. So I feel that we need to cheer each other on. Ask the Lord for, for us to, to show where the, the shortages are so that we can cheer each and every one. And the most important is, is that the real friendships are also there, and we have to be accountable. We have to be accountable for each and every one of us. And yes, um, careful, choose careful friends. It is so important for all of us to choose careful friends. As women, we feel very vulnerable so, yes, let us choose careful friends. And, um, yes, that's all I wanted to share. I just wanted to say, before we run off, there was a baby dedication this morning, a little child's dedication. I had a word for Amelia. Um, and, yes, Amelia, I saw that you have a very inquisitive mind. And I just pray over mom and dad that... I want you to tap into, into spiritual maturity. Tap into that so that you can feed your little Amelia with the right input into that spiritual, that inquisitive mind that she's got. Amen. Uh, what I have to say, first of all, there were two things. One thing you spoke to me. But at the same time, I think something which I think is relevant to, to the church in general. And Fidelis touched some of them, so, so I think he must have stolen the punchline of me. Uh, and, uh, and it's talk about when we said 
uh, it actually prosperity can become a hindrance to our calling. And, and, and like you said, everybody's got a calling. Everybody's got a purpose. But we can be actually distracted of that purpose. And, but now, of course, now we, um, immediately I'm, I'm saying, but what do we do about preventing that? And to prevent that things, we've got to develop an understanding of what prosperity is. And we've got to understand that the world has got a different understanding of prosperity than the, than the kingdom. And we are saying we're in the world, but we're not, uh, but we, but we're not actually uh, part of the world. So I think in the world, it's about money. Money makes the world go around. Money is actually the thing of the world. And, we will add the, and, and what money in reality is neutral. Money is like a, a commodity like water. It can give us something to drink or it can be a, a flood and causes devastating. So it's the same thing. So we must treat it like that. But what does the world do? The world uses money to evaluate the value of people. They actually measure the value of people. They actually use it to exercise power and influence. So, and this comes in, and we as a church, we cannot do that. We have to actually look at what it really is. And, and the way I normally say it helps us to identify, give if, uh, uh, um, a ranking of money. And I'm saying, so first of all, it's actually nothing can compare to, to our relationship with Jesus and internal life. Because the Bible is clear. What will it gain the soul if it gains the whole earth and losing the soul? So our soul is more important than any riches of the world. So anybody is rich to start off with. Right? Then you start the next one. You would say, if you are uh, sick and, and you're just about dying and you've got all the uh, uh, riches, would you give away your riches just to regain your health? Which you would. So obviously your well-being is more important than money. Right? And if some of your family members... Uh, 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 needs uh, operation or needs to be helped uh, to survive. You would give everything away to help your, your children. So that's actually more important than money. And if you look at the Old Testament, the wealth was actually more, more relating to relationships than actually to uh, counting of money. Right? So now we've identified that there's spiritual wealth, there's well-being, and there is relationals which are more important than money. So money is actually the fourth uh, uh, important thing in our life. And the moment you make it the most important, it becomes our idol. And God doesn't like idols. You know? And that's why I'm saying, so you've got to counter that thing by handling money the right way it is, which is actually with an open hand. And like Fidelis said, we just recognize it's not ours. We give it to the God. And we can become free and we can walk in freedom and we can exercise that thing. And then obviously out of that thing, the Bible is full of stuff which we need to identify. And I just want to give a prompting saying, you need to search for your life. How do I, how's my relationship to money? Right? We need to be free of debt because it's, it's bondage. We need to uh, create inheritance for our children. We need to actually be good stewards. There's a lot of stuff we need to do. Uh, but it's important where it starts of putting it in the right perspective. We, we don't elevate it. We don't ignore it, but we go with the right spot in our lives. Sure. What a morning. We prayed that God would speak clearly. Um, I know that uh, when we went away on the leaders camp, the day that we got there was minus six. So there are still a bunch of people defrosting at the moment. Um, I just, I know that people like at City Hill, one of the things that people like, oh, you know, you start at nine, you end at ten. That's pretty much how we're doing it. 
And, and I know it's Father's Day today, and we've thrown that out the window, um, which is fine. I want to share one quick story. I just remembered when we were sitting there. When I was little, I woke up, and there was a, a massive power outage in our area, and I lived in Peter Maritzburg, and I thought I'd gone blind um, because it was so dark. I woke up, and it was pitch, pitch black. I couldn't see anything. And I remember screaming. I screamed. I panicked. I thought I was blind. I thought it was the daytime, and I couldn't see. And, and I remember I shouted, Dad, Dad, Dad. And then my dad said, what's wrong? I'm coming, I'm coming. And, and as soon as I heard his voice, I felt safer. But I was still blind. Um, and then he, he went and he picked me up. And he walked outside and we looked at the stars. And all of a sudden I could see the stars. But it took, it took me calling on my father. And then it took him to pick me up and carry me before I could see. And I think what we need to do is remember that this Father's Day, we want to like rush off now and go celebrate our plan for our Father and our Father's Day. Instead of saying, actually, Lord, we just want to thank you for giving us sight, for helping us see you, for giving us life, for picking us up when we were scared. Um, so what are we going to do now? And I know you're probably in a rush, and if you need to go, that's terrible. No, no. If you need to go, you need to go. I understand that. But would the worship team come forward to the Father that calls us and loves us, this day is Father's Day. We celebrate our fathers. But today we want to celebrate our father and say thank you, Lord, for the life you've given us. Thank you for picking us up. When I was blind, now I can see. When I was scared, you made me safe. 